Hello, hello, everybody. We've got the return of Dr. Ted Achacoso back to the show, this time face-to-face. If y'all remember, or maybe if you don't remember, I will link to it in the show notes, our first podcast together. Long time coming. I had first listened to Dr. Ted on Luke Story's Lifestylist podcast uh, years ago and was blown away by his ability to, number one, is just his, his innate ability, <laughs> first and foremost. Uh, I believe he's one of the, has one of the top five highest IQs on the planet, um, but he doesn't just rest on his laurels. He's done a lot to educate himself in what, what is real world health and wellness and what does it mean to actually be healthy. Many of you have heard of us talk about sick care in the past on past podcasts. I love that term from Rob Wolf, the sick care system. Um, so today we really focus on what does it mean to be healthy? And what is healthcare and what does preventative care look like? And Dr. Ted has provided many programs for all people, not just doctors that want to continue their education. That field is slim, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, but really, people, coaches, people who want to understand this stuff, people who have their own health issues that want to really get right and understand the inner mechanics through the best of modern testing. Uh, metabolomics, we dive into that. It's been a long time since I've done an organic acids test. But I learned a shit ton from that test. What is my body breaking down? What is it not? Um, he goes beyond genetics into epigenetics, into signaling, into seeing exactly how things are responding in the body. Am I digesting my food properly? Which supplements am I taking in and utilizing? Which ones am I not? All this stuff is there. And uh, we really dive into much more than that. He has a very comprehensive uh, education center online. That's a nonprofit. And we get a little bit into... Um, his nonprofit, what was birthed from that? How do we get people healthy right now? Um, there is video of this that's going to come out later, but I have had the, I tell the story on the podcast, but I've had the most fucked up blue teeth for two and a half weeks because, uh, I, I took methylene blue and my teeth are super stainable at the moment as I have loners before veneers go in and I'll be podcasting with a, with a really high end biological dentist on why we decided to do that. Um, so that's to come. Uh, but anyways, this podcast was hilarious because I was super on brand having a completely blue mouth. Um, Dr. Ted and, um, his team, Dr. Scott have created some really incredible products. One of which is just blue. It's a methylene blue, blue lozenge. Another one is, um, blue canatine and that has methylene blue, CBD, nicotine, and caffeine. And we, we really dive into what this is doing in the body, how it does optimize you. And uh, stay tuned for next week because I have Dr. Scott, who also works closely with Dr. Ted on the podcast. We did them back to back out at the farm. And uh, Dr. Scott and I deep dive these products in more detail. But this, is, um, this conversation with Dr. Ted is really about him and it's about what he's created and who he works with in the world. And it is fantastic. Uh, one of many that I will have with Dr. Ted Achikoso. So thank you very much for coming on. Thank you guys for listening. There are a number of ways you guys can support this podcast. First and foremost, leave us a five-star rating with one or two ways that the show has helped you out in life. If you do, at the end of every single month through the end of the year, September, October, November, December, we will pick one lucky winner. That lucky winner is not random. It will be based on your five-star rating and what you have said about the podcast. Uh, and we're going to hook you up with my favorite product from Organifi. 
So Organifi is running this through the end of the year. If we like it and we get a lot of response, we'll keep doing, we'll keep doing this in early 2023. Organifi has been one of my longest sponsors of this podcast. They do so much for the show. Um, I just had a great podcast with Chase and Mimi from Organifi on um, the Medicine Podcast, which isn't out yet, but um, I'll, be, I'll be sure to mention that when it does release and, and link to that in my show notes on an upcoming episode. But it was cool. It was one of the first podcasts I've done with, with my wife. It was probably the, the first that we've done together, um, not on my show. So that was cool. I had a blast. I mean, and I met those two at um, one of Paul Check's uh, Mondola workshops. They're frequents there. It's, and, and I just love that everyone I've met from Organifi has been an amazing person. That speaks volumes to me about what kind of company they are, who they're hiring, and who's drawn to be a part of that. You know, I can't, I can't say that about anywhere else I've ever worked other than Fit for Service, where like literally everyone I see there, I'm like, I fucking love you. You're awesome. You're a great person. And you're funny as shit. And I want to hang out with you more. Um, so that rarity is, is cool to see that. It's cool to see uh, the game recognized game, you know, with, with the Organifi crew. They are fantastic. They are doing amazing things. They have made incredibly healthy superfood ingredients and packaged them into very easy to consume, very easy to digest, low carbohydrate, and fantastic tasting. So again, how you make something fantastic tasting with low carbohydrate and it's organic, kudos to y'all. You did a great job. Each of their products, the green, the red, and the gold, uh, there's their big trio. Each of them has very specific ingredients that are going to gear you up, gear you down, adaptogens, mushrooms, all of which are designed to help optimize your day. And they don't do it in a one-size-fits-all way. They do it in a way where the plant medicine, like ashwagandha, can read your body and with the intelligence of that, balance you. That's what an adaptogen does. And that's in the green juice alongside moringa and a whole host of other awesome ingredients. The red, which I've been taking before every single workout, I even take it in the morning now that I'm off caffeine, and that gives me a big boost. Uh, the red improves blood flow. It improves nitric oxide production. It improves mitochondrial function with cordyceps synesis, a master mushroom. Uh, all this stuff's in there. The gold, so good. It's got a massive dose of lemon balm. It's going to help you feel relaxed. It's highly anti-inflammatory with the turmeric, and it tastes so freaking good. So it's my nightcap. Check it all out at www.organifi.com slash KKP and use code KKP for 20% off everything in the entire store. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash KKP. And do not forget KKP at checkout. Our next sponsor is another longtime sponsor, a must-have. The, the only thing I take with me everywhere that I go is the grab-and-go. It's Paleo Valley's Paleo Beef Sticks. They are absolutely essential. And not just when I'm traveling, but in my day-to-day. You know, I'm constantly running around. Sometimes I don't even look at my schedule and I'm like, shit, I'm not going to be home until 3 p.m. And I don't want to skip lunch because I worked out the day before. I need protein, but I need it in a healthy way. I need it in a way that's not going to be loaded with nasty shit, chemicals, and everything else that I'd get at some fast food joint. I got to get it from 100% grass-fed beef from the United States. It's going to have higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids. Fat-soluble vitamins and minerals, glutathione, nature's antioxidant, CLA, conjugated linoleic acid, which is the fat that burns fat, and of course, better bioavailable protein that's keto-friendly and a great protein-rich snack to grab on the go. I have loved these guys for many years. These, these guys got me through phase one of the build at the farm. 
Um, it's really cool to find out that they're into very similar things. They have a regenerative farm, I think, in Colorado. And they are working with a number of ranchers to bring you the very best meats possible direct from the United States. People who are regenerating the land and buying into the exact types of things that we're buying into. And that's the kind of thing you're going to pay for. You're going to pay for products that are healing yourself and healing the land in turn. And that's a really good cause, in my, in my opinion. Check it all out, paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. And remember the code KYLE at checkout for 15% off everything in the store. That's K-Y-L-E or 15% off. And check out the host of supplements they have. They have an amazing apple cider vinegar supplement that's in capsules. That's perfect for travel as well. So you don't have to worry about a big bottle of that breaking in your travel bag and all of your clothes smelling like apple cider vinegar. Um, I love the capsules. I love a lot of their products. And uh, these guys are doing great things in the world. Paleovalley.com, discount code Kyle for 15% off. We are also brought to you today by magbreakthrough.com slash Kingsboo. This is my homies at Buy Optimizers. Hey, everyone. It's me. <laughs> it's Kyle. It's hard to overstate how important magnesium is for all aspects of our health. Everyone knows about how critical magnesium is for us. Dr. Hyman, Andrew Huberman, and all the health industry authorities and doctors. There is a long list of symptoms and diseases that can be treated and even cured with magnesium. In fact, way back in the day, magnesium was a critical element for a cure. Doctors use magnesium for all kinds of conditions, from arrhythmia to constipation to preeclampsia and even seizures. For some reason, now doctors use it as a last resort and put patients on high doses of magnesium if they are at risk of premature labor and other very serious conditions. It's really essential to our health and our well-being. This is a huge problem because magnesium deficiency can increase your risk of all diseases and keep you from performing optimally. We shouldn't wait until we are magnesium deficient. And even more critically, there's not just one type of magnesium. There are seven different types that we need in order to ensure both our health and vitality remain strong. Now, I'm normally a big advocate of getting as many of our nutrients as we can through a well-balanced diet. It would be just perfect if we could do that. But in this case, it's almost impossible to get enough magnesium taken through your food alone because our soil has been so overworked and mineral depleted for decades and generations and lacking organic matter, which helps the plants get the minerals from the soil. I read somewhere that if 10 years ago we needed to eat one orange, now we would need to eat 10 just to get the same amount of nutrients. It is just simply impossible to eat the amount of food to get the minerals you need. Fortunately, Bioptimizers has a solution. Their magnesium breakthrough supplement is the only product in the market with all seven types of magnesium, and it's specially formulated to reach every tissue in your body to provide maximum health benefits. Bioptimizer's magnesium breakthrough gives you access to the full spectrum of magnesium, which can dramatically improve your overall health from reducing stress to improving sleep and boosting your energy levels. Right now, you can try Bioptimizer's magnesium breakthrough and any other Bioptimizer's product for 10% off. Just go to M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com slash K-I-N-G-S-B-U. That's magbreakthrough.com slash Kingsboo. It's a fucking mouthful. Link in the show notes, y'all. <laughs> Click the link in the show notes. And do not forget to use Kingsboo 10 at the bottom there. Uh, all caps, one word, Kingsboo at the bottom or Kingsboo 10. Last but not least, this show is brought to you by Aura. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast, Aura. Do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is? 
For years, this crime rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft, and it happens to one in 20 Americans. Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. Imagine trying to log into your email account one day only to see that the passwords were changed hours ago. Then you start getting notifications of activity from your bank, credit cards, crypto accounts. That's when the feelings of panic, fear, anxiety, paranoia, disbelief, shock, anger, frustration, and guilt set in. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aura, who is sponsoring this podcast. Aura is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all combined into one easy-to-use app. Aura monitors the dark web for your emails, passwords, and social security numbers and sends alerts fast right to your phone and email. When it comes to fraud, every second matters. Connect your credit and bank accounts and get notified of any changes up to four times faster than Aura's competitors. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. And they have antivirus software that will block malware and viruses before they infect your devices. Protect you and your family from America's fastest growing crime. Try Aura free for two weeks and see if any of you or your family's personal information has been compromised. Start your free trial at https colon forward slash forward slash A-U-R-A dot com slash K-Y-L-E. That's Aura.com slash Kyle. And thanks again, Aura, for sponsoring this podcast. There we go. Cool. <laughs> Dr. Ted, it's good to see you face to face and have you back on the podcast. Uh, last time you, you took us to school, that was that was <laughs> the, the, the easiest podcast I've ever done in my life. I still talk to people about that. I actually use that as a frame of reference when I do online interviews as the perfect podcast for me <laughs> because timing when you're not face to face can get jumbled with delays and things like that. And you know, people, I, I, frequently I hear it, you know, even on other podcasts when I know somebody's doing one with another person out of town and it's online and they both get, well, well, I'm going to jump in on that. And I was like, look, if I can lob you underhand softballs and just let you run with it as long as you can, that's, that'll be the best possible podcast. Yeah, actually, this is one of the easiest podcasts I did because I just handed out a straight lecture. <laughs> that's what it was. It was it's perfect. Like, it's like, you're, you're you know... Um, um, basically finished one semester in, in um, health optimization, medicine, and neuroscience all at the same time. It was phenomenal, <laughs> brother. It was absolutely phenomenal. And we're face-to-face now, and I love I love back and forth and face-to-face, but I also know who I'm sitting with, so I just want to prep this with. <laughs> if you want to run with this thing, it is the floor is yours, brother. Um, I learned so much in that podcast. It was awesome getting to hear your background, getting to learn about bond and plant medicines and everything that, that have, have shaped you, and obviously being... You know, I'm sure one of my questions right now is, is why would you choose to live in Washington, D.C., <laughs> right? But um, just knowing uh, you know, what you're up to in the world, what you're, who you're connected with, and what you're able to teach, I'm sure that that's probably a big reason there. Yeah. Um, actually, I, uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, was a destination of opportunity for me. Um, and and um, uh, I was offered a faculty position at the George Washington University Medical School. Um, in uh, 1988, so I chose to be there, and you know, I started uh, my my career there. Um, you know, it's like uh, money and power are surrogates of each other, right? So, if you're looking for money, you go to New York. If you're looking for power, you go to Washington D.C., and that's the 
uh, you know, that's the thing that's there. And it's easier to see the the terrible grant uh, grants awards processes that we have, which is incredibly bureaucratic. But then in the universities, the publisher perish situations, right? So uh, while in the university, I was uh, doing three things. I was doing clinics in uh, interventional neuroradiology. At the same time, I was doing my um, teaching. And medical informatics before, the guy who mentored me was the guy who started the entire field. And uh, it was very new. Um, and uh, we had to teach medical students, you know, how to teach, how to use, um, you know, Word and uh, the spreadsheets and, um, and and all of that, uh, little, little things that you need to be able to do on your own, which are now, you know, skills that uh, grade schoolers have. Uh, but the, by then it is very new, you know, uh, the... You know, word star used to be that markup language. You had to put the, you know, the tags in it so it would embolden and stuff. So it's been uh, good to actually witness uh, these developments while in Washington D.C. I was there when um, you know the electronic bu- electronic bulletin board system was still up. You dial up with you know 2,500 20, 20, baud modems, and my classroom had twenty five. Um, uh, Zenith computers, you know, with 2,500 baud modems. And in order to log into a bulletin board, you know, you have to fire up all 25 of them at night. So, <laughs> so and whichever one goes in first is when you actually log into a bulletin board system. Um, and that's also the time of the internet when, um, you know, when you are uh, presenting a problem, like a serious problem, and I was uh, solving a problem uh, on the Neighbor-Stokes equation, which was, uh, you know, has no particular answer. It has to be an optimized uh, answer. So there's several answers to it. The internet at the time was when the time that you could post that question, and the next day, six Nobel laureates answered my question. So wow. yeah, and uh, you know, and and it was downhill from there. So <laughs> <laughs> and so it was. Uh, that was my world uh, in in Washington D.C. And I, I suppose there's a certain inertia. That um, yeah, that keeps you there, but also some of my clients uh, in health optimization uh, are are there, right? Close to uh, uh, or uh, working in you know the the center of the universe of Washington D.C., um, which is uh, the U.S. capital. So um, it has kept me there uh, for a while, and then and then. Uh, after that, I uh, actually retrained in anti-aging medicine, nutritional medicine. So when I came back, that's when I got invited uh, back to uh, Manila. And it says, you know, um, it is actually very funny because I got a phone call and said, um, are you Dr. Teda Chikosa? I says, yes, you have, you're, you know, uh, you have a board certified in anti-aging medicine. Yes. And you're one of the world's experts. I said, I don't think so. But if you say so, um, and says you're also board certified in nutritional medicine. I said, may I know who's calling? And uh, this is from the office of the president, sir. <laughs> 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 it was like, um, it's time for you to take a look at what you can do here. And I said, uh, no, I'm perfectly happy commuting between Washington, D.C. and Paris because I had a practice in Paris at the time. And and I said, no, I'm perfectly happy. Uh, sir, that was not a request. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, and then there, um, I only did it, like, I, I saw um, a few... Um, uh, high caliber uh, uh, 
clients. And then I lectured twice. And pretty soon I got a really, really decent um, offer, you know, from um, the largest pharmaceutical company in Asia to turn them around into a health orientation rather than disease orientation. Um, they I reached did, out to you for this. Yes, they reached out That's to me for this. That's pretty forward yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were. The very, yeah, they're uh, very forward thinking uh, because they had a chief operating officer that was very much into it's like uh, since they were a drug company. Said you know there are no more new drugs that that uh, we really can uh, give to patients anymore. And they said, this is where we have to get into health rather than disease. And that's very forward thinking. I established actually two things for them. One is the pilot program of health optimization medicine. And the, that was in a, in a clinic uh, that was established for them. And then uh, I uh, also pushed them to develop a very large uh, laboratory for clinical metabolomics, a detection of metabolites in the cells. It's actually... Uh, when people see it, they, they think it's a, you know, they, when I mention it, people think it's just a small laboratory. It's actually intended to serve the uh, 10 uh, ASEAN countries, right? So, Damn. yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> Don, Don D'Agostino actually saw it. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> wow. this is actually a laboratory. Like, it's huge, right? Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, um, actually, it was originally supposed to be in Singapore, uh, but... Uh, even the Economic Development Board of Singapore talked to us, uh, to me in particular, setting it up there. But um, in the end, you know, their Department of Health decided that they really don't want to bring in uh, biological samples from all over Asia. I said, well, let's set this up in Manila, right? And for, for half the price. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, because of the mentality, right? Uh, if it's, if it's uh, done in the Philippines, it's not good. If it's done in Singapore, it's good. So you have to, to uh, manage the perceptions there. Yeah. Um, and, and then um, uh, from, from then, uh, uh, you know, I started um, basically traveling 30 days every quarter to Manila to practice. Right. So, and then so it became a rolling, you know, uh, United States, uh, Europe, Asia, United States, Europe. It's like once every month you're you're out there. That's why I think I mentioned in the last podcast to you that heaven for me is, uh, um, you know, being in the same time zone for more than two weeks, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. We just came from LA. You know, I came from the Philippines for five weeks after two and a half years of absence they're the last country in asia to open up actually when i was there they still even had mask mandates wow yeah um and uh this is just like uh four weeks ago right uh and and uh two weeks ago and uh was in la to deliver a lecture on gabaergic systems and then i'm here with you so that's been my my life going around uh but uh before then washington dc really afforded me uh, to be mentored by the pioneer of medical informatics, the guy who started a uh, uh, social responsible investing movement in 1983 is also my best friend over there. It's actually very funny. We live two miles apart, but we see each other more in Asia. Whenever I'm in Manila, he calls me, he said, Ted, I'm in Hong Kong. Let's fly over here and have dinner. And that's what happens instead of me having dinner with him two miles away. <laughs> you know, it's a, Hong Kong is only like an hour away. You're on the same Manila. side of the yeah, globe yeah, at least, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, that was the, uh, uh, that was also my entree. Uh, 
since he was a pioneer and in, in it's now called impact investing, right? Uh, that was my entree into being on the other side of the table, the guy who assesses the science and technology of investments uh, and being the science and technology advisor to uh, all of these investment funds. So I know how, how that world works a little bit now, right? Um, after, you know, I've been working with him for about 30 years now. So so now that I have my own company, um, I, this is you know, my, my the second one that I really own. Um, and you know, uh, with the transcriptions. Uh, that's the brand actually of Smarter Not Harder mm. is the name of the company. Smarter Not Harder Inc. And my joke is that we're not a condom company. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got great one-liners like that. I like that. A lot of hashtags <laughs> yeah. that flow in a similar vein. <laughs> yeah, and um, and uh, uh, transcriptions actually I started because of my jet lag, right? I, mm. I I made it for my I made a product for myself that one uh, the one that has uh, methylene blue uh, nicotine um, CBD and uh, caffeine right um, and then people liked it and then uh, just blue was a, a customer request from us and then uh, I started uh, you know anti anxiety remember anxiousness is a diagnosis so we can't use that it has to be an anti anxiousness jerky uh, where it uses you know um uh, uh okay geek out an <laughs> an orthosteric modulator of the GABA receptor so i'm kidding it actually it uses GABA itself uh the endogenous ligand except that it's vitamin b3 complex to GABA GABA doesn't enter the blood brain barrier right so uh, you when you complex it with B3, it serves as a payload of B3. B3 crosses the blood-brain barrier, and so it brings the GABA inside, and then inside it hydrolyzes into vitamin B3 and GABA, and so you raise, you're able to raise your um, uh, brain GABA levels. Explain way. that for people because a lot of people. I tried to explain this to my mother years ago. Like, hey, you're taking boatloads of GABA. It's not going to cross the blood-brain barrier. Yeah. I don't know which doctor is telling you to do this. <laughs> There yeah. are people that put pH GABA and various forms of yeah. these things in yeah. certain sleep medications, yeah. things like that. But explain from the top down. We're really sure. looking at GABA sure. and glutamate, and what 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 are those really sure. parenting sure. to? Um, uh, most people do not pay attention to the on and uh, off switches of the brain. Right? They only pay attention to the superstar serotonin, which is in psychedelics. Right? The five H2A receptors. They pay attention to dopamine. Your famous dopamine fasts, right? You pay attention to acetylcholine, which is uh, elevated by your nicotine. Uh, you pay attention to norepinephrine, right? With guarana and uh, all of those supplements. Uh, you pay attention to CBD, your canna uh, cannabinoids. You pay attention to your opiates, you know, which are produced by the body endogenously for pain. But no one, that those, I, I consider those as fish in the aquarium. Right now, let's pay attention to the aquarium and the water, <laughs> right where all of these fish are, and that's the on and off switches. So glutamate is the on switch of the brain, and uh, uh, GABA is the off switch of the brain. Now, uh, glutamate is uh, uh, actually um, metabolized further downstream into GABA. So there's a delicate dance between your excitatory or your on switch and the inhibitory or your off switch. So uh, now there's a difference between glutamine and glutamate, all right? Uh, glutamine can actually 
cross the blood-brain barrier, but glutamate cannot. So the blood-brain barrier is this uh, uh, barrier between your brain and uh, uh, the rest of your circulatory system, right? Um, because the brain is a privileged organ, uh, meaning it will only allow certain molecules to diffuse and uh, not others. So that selective permeability uh, that we call... Uh, will not allow large molecules to come in, like GABA will not pass through the, the pore that, that's allowed for it, right? So, uh, so if, you, if you do that, uh, then you, if you take lots of GABA, then it is, it's in your body, you know, it, it gets uh, um, hydrolyzed into the component uh, uh, materials. But um, it can actually even, um, uh, it can actually even uh, increase your energy, right? There's a, uh, part of GABA that can get back to the Krebs cycle to help you produce more energy. Um, but what you do as a technique then is how do you increase GABA in the brain? Either you use a drug that that looks like GABA, these are called GABA analogs, right? That uh, looks like GABA uh, and they can cross the blood-brain barrier and they sit on the, uh, on the um, uh, receptor of GABA itself. Now, uh, these are called, the, you know, if it's GABA, uh, GABA is called the endogenous ligand, meaning it's the one that attaches to the GABA receptor, right? Uh, it's like a lock and key, right? And then if it looks like GABA, then it's called an um, uh, orthosteric ligand, meaning it looks like, uh, but it, it also resides in the same receptor. So um, an example of an orthostatic ligand, which became illegal in the United States, is gaboxadol. It, it was sold as a drug, uh, anti-anxiety agent. It's no longer legal here, but you can still buy it in Mexico, right? And it binds to the GABA receptor. So these are uh, either the endogenous ligand or the orthostatic ligand. So what I have in uh, TROCOM is actually, so how am I going to pull this big molecule inside? Right. So what you do is you uh, basically attach it to a molecule that's actually can cross the blood-brain barrier, and that molecule happens to be niacin. Right. So when you attach it to niacin, niacin then pulls it, and it will tug until the GABA actually gets into the into the brain, and then inside the brain it says, "Okay, I don't need you anymore. We hydrolyze now." and uh, the vitamin B3, uh, of course, will be utilized by the brain and the GABA will be the, your endogenous ligand for your GABA receptor. Now, what's interesting about it is that the, uh, this thing is titrated, right? So you see, uh, you've seen our trochees, there's cord. You can divide them into four. Now, uh, most people use half, right? And the reason for this is, is that if you take too much, it will activate your brain. Uh, instead of calming it down, kind of like if you have too much stimulants at some point, yeah, because shut down, like, because oh. yeah, because B three is a stimulant, mm. right? So you have to make sure that you have the right dose. Um, I, I, I formulated this as a way to to basically calm down my thoughts, right? That the reverberating circuits in the brain, but most people have told me that they really like it. Uh, like to take half of it an hour before sleeping because it quiets down their thoughts and they're able to sleep well. Well, it's not a sleep formula, but if you insist on doing it that way, it's fine. It's funny when you introduced it in, in Florida, you know, 
it was the moms who kept on coming. It's like, oh my God, this thing works. Of course, of course, of, co- of course, the men who get, this shit works, man. <laughs> but, but the moms who they keep on getting samples from us, like, this thing works. Um, but I formulate, again, you know, um, I'm a fan, a fan of developing, uh, you know, things for myself, right? And it works for other people. It's great. And this is, so happens like, I was looking at what are we ignoring when we want to shut down the brain chatter, right? And just chill. And I, I realized that we have been ignoring the aquarium and the water, right? Uh, we have been just been focusing on the fish, like, oh, give more serotonin, give more this, give more that. And those are the superstars, right? But what about what turns them on and off? It's like, first you got to have the water in the aquarium, and then you focus on the superstars, right? And it's very funny because the GABA uh, neurons are interneurons, meaning they uh, form a connection between your superstar neurons, your your uh I, I call them your neuromodulators, right? You have you can have one in between um, HE2A and the dopamine, for example, and that's the location of your switch, right? Because they have to be uh, GABA transmission is about twenty percent of uh, brain transmissions, you know, and thirty percent of uh, of uh, synaptic transmissions is actually uh, uh, GABAergic, right? In nature, so th- that's the um, uh, that's the reason why. Um, um, actually, my interest in GABA has increased a lot more because uh, this, you know, this, this story about um, they did a test on the Japanese versus American children, and it was no, an it, tell, yeah, it's, it's, it was an aquarium, right? And um, they they showed the uh, American kids like, what do you see? Said so we three see three fish facing right, and they're uh, and that's the American kids. That's the answer. Uh, the Japanese kids said, there's an aquarium with water. There's a background of plants. <laughs> right? They describe the context first. And then they go to, there are three fish, you know, and they describe the location and so on. So we've become so foreground oriented uh, in this society. Like we, like we become so sympathetically oriented or foreground oriented that we forget the context by which things are happening, which is... Uh, you know, if you look at the enlightenment, for example, the same thing, right? You're just focusing on on foreground and then you're forgetting the background in which everything else is occurring. But it is possible to actually be able to uh, step back and relax into that background and see that everything is just happening. So so that's the, uh, the, the kind of uh, model that I have in terms of doing the uh, that, that that story emphasizes how we have overemphasized, you know, the uh, the foreground at the expense of the background. Um, another way of putting it is that you know you have this beautiful piece of literature, right? Say very well written, and say it's the House of Seven Gables or something like that. It's some of these classics that are beautifully written, right? And you you read them to savor them. Right to savor how how you paint with words, right? And then what do we do in college? We provide cliff's notes, right? And we <laughs> and we, we focus, yeah, yeah, and we focus on the story instead of the style by which it's written. This is, the whole story unfolds within the context of you know the brushstrokes of words, right? So so then we miss the point, right? It's the point of writing that novel is not just to deliver the story, but to deliver you a great painting. 
uh, that's done in words, right? And so we're lost. We just focus on the story and, and the whole reason for the exercise of reading that book is gone, right? <laughs> it's it's yeah. like, to give you a sample. Of me. So um, uh, that, uh, uh, that's actually one of the reasons why I've been focusing on um, GABAergic and glutamatergic uh, receptors and GABAergic in particular because we just run, run, and run as a society. We're a society of doers. Do, do, do without actually stepping back and saying, well, what's the context with which I'm doing this, right? It's kind of like the model that I did for my company, which is a reciprocity model, right? I say I started Smarter and Harder. Here are the transcriptions products. And then there's actually a nonprofit. This is health optimization, medicine, and practice, right? So it's a reciprocity model. One is very young, like for-profit. It donates... Uh, um, uh, part of its profits to health optimization medicine and practice, which uh, teaches uh, physicians health optimization medicine, non-physician healthcare practitioners, right? Uh, like acupuncturists, coaches, etc., on how to do proper health optimization. I'd like to say that uh, uh, disease is managed, health is optimized, right? So these are two different uh, ways of doing things. And, and so the nonprofit drives the products of the uh, for-profits. For example, it takes about three, six, nine months before your hormones, nutrients, and other metabolites would balance themselves out, right? Because the bloodstream takes about 90 to 120 days to replenish itself completely. So um, I have, uh, for example, Husbands who come in, I'm just here because of my wife, you know, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then and then and then uh, nine months later would come back because I never thought that it would feel so good to uh, uh, feel so good to 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 be this way. But then there, you know, when you come in with pain, um, sleeplessness, anxiousness, you know, uh, ADHD, etc., and you're getting frustrated, we need to have immediate. Um, Products can address those immediately, and those are the products that I have been formulating for uh, for prescriptions, right? So it's also used for clinical practice. In fact, Trocom, which is the one that uses uh, B3, GABA, uh, and Kava, by the way, it oh, uses Cavain. Cool. It has Cavain um, uh, again uh, in the tradition of schooling people. <laughs> <laughs> no, they said what's uh, in in the in the GABA receptor. There's a site. Uh, there are actually various sites to which uh, what's called allosteric modulators bind. So they do not bind within the GABA receptor itself, but they bind in the receptor and uh, augment, either augments or inhibits the action of the receptor. They do not work without GABA. So GABA should always be paired with these allosteric modulators. An example is that in the GABA receptor, there is what's called the BZD site or the benzodiazepine site or the benzos or the valiums of the world, right? It's the most common prescribed anxiolytic worldwide. It has its own receptor. And you know me, Kyle, I have an itch. Whenever there's a receptor there, <laughs> Let's play with that. Yeah, when, <laughs> push when, the button. Yeah, whenever there's a receptor there, it's like you wonder why there's a receptor there for this. Like, does the body produce its own um, benzodiazepine-like uh, molecules, right? Because it has cannabinoid molecules, all of this, and you find out that there are you know endogenous uh, ligands for this, and you know there's a benzodiazepine side uh, in there. Um, that's why it's very effective. But remember, benzos do not affect do not function without GABA itself. 
because it's just a positive allosteric modulator. If you do that, then you have to do it as a pair of GABA plus the benzo, right? Um, the, uh, the other thing that it has a receptor for, the GABA receptor has a receptor for ethanol, for wine, for alcohol, oh. yeah? Uh, so it has uh, all of this... Uh, different what they call uh, allosteric modulators because they do not they're not orthosteric right they do not occupy the GABA site itself but other sites and they are are they positive meaning they enhance the effect of the of the uh, uh, GABA or they're negative right so there are like two different mainly two different types of uh, GABA receptors, GABA-A and GABA-B. Some would claim a GABA-C, but this, this, you know, uh, it's actually a uh, form of GABA-A receptor. Uh, GABA-B is uh, a different structure. And it's, you know, if you, you're an athlete, you might have used baclofen before for spasticity. That's more of a GABA-B uh, receptor type of drug. Um, but even, even for example, for a GABA-A, which has a benzodiazepine site, it also has a site for binding the, um, the drug for valium toxicity. You know, flumazenil actually uh, has a, a binding site in there. So I have, whenever I see receptors in there, I say, hmm, what can bind here, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's my crack when I see a receptor <laughs> and I say, but I, I usually am um, more, um, my, my uh, direction is usually more what medicinal plants or what plants can actually produce molecules that can bind here. Right? Yeah, nature made it, right? Yeah. Like long before pharmaceuticals, yeah. if we've got receptors and they have these different variants that are they're going to open to something that we may make internally, but they're also may be available yeah. in, in the pharmacopoeia of nature's medicine cabinet. Like that, that probably exists somewhere. Yeah, um, uh, I have uh, several projects right now where I'm, you know, the the what they're doing right now is... Uh, Invest, uh, investigating uh, synolytic drugs, right? Uh, and I said, well, can we find, um, you know, instead of making them into drugs, can we find a combination of uh, uh, natural uh, pr- natural products, uh, you know, like, you know, fisetin, quercetin, and all of that that have been found to have synolytic activity. Can we have more of those? And to approximate, say, the Yamanaka factors, right? The uh, so uh, to make us epigenetically younger. So um, when uh, um, it's very funny because you know I'm I started health optimization medicine in practice and so on, and and then I tested myself epigenetically. I'm 22 and and a half years old, right? And you can only have the youngest as 22. I said, shit, I still have 0.5 years to go. <laughs> um, my the, the telomeres are more at telomeric age, right? Uh, uh, I'm 32. So there's a difference in the clocking clocking mechanism. Tell me about those. I've done a uh, telomeres test before, which showed mm. at the time that I was five years older. Uh, <laughs> biologically than chronologically. And I was like, well, <laughs> I have put myself through the ringer in college and football and fighting. Um, I don't imagine that's the same now. I haven't done a test in a long time, maybe five years, actually. It's been five years and I've done a lot of right since then. But talk about the differences in these tests because a lot of people hear anti-aging and, okay, how do I figure out where I'm at? Where's the starting place? Yeah. Right? yeah. Most people know if you're not checking your guesses, 
you can feel is certainly yeah. not something to to discard. Yeah. Feel is important, but also to be able to track that track response. Yeah, I like that. If you're not checking, you're guessing. In fact, that was the slogan of my company in the Philippines: "Don't guess, test." Right? Because uh, people ask me. Uh, all the time, you know, Dr. Ted is vitamin E good for me and this uh, is vitamin uh, A good for me and, you know, is this mineral good for me? I said, why don't we just check your your um, metabolome, right? And we could see the levels of metabolites there. You could see very clearly, for example, uh, you know, your magnesium levels, your vitamin B levels, all of them, right? And it, the technology exists now. It's called metabolomics. We've been so focused on genomics, we've, we've actually forgotten who does the work or the metabolites. <laughs> so, uh, so that's uh, the value of that. Uh, and that's uh, metabolomic testing. These other tests uh, that, you, that I mentioned, these are uh, the various tests of the different parts of the body or of the cell that can be tested vis-a-vis chronological age. So you have your chronological age, right? Which is 23, I'm guessing, from looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) 40. (laughs) Close. Um, And then then, uh, you have uh, uh, the telomere test is actually, you know, telomeres are the end caps of chromosomes, right? They're just like the end caps of shoelaces. And each time the cell divides, it gets shorter and shorter and shorter. So, but if you activate an enzyme called telomerase, those things actually lengthen back. Now, the way they do it is they compare the lengths of the telomeres. So the number of cell divisions that have been there, of course, will indi- you indicate the size of the of the end cap, right, of the chromosome. So there are cohorts, like between 25 to 30, this is the average size of 40 and uh, 30 to 35, this is the average size and so on. So it's a little bit more general yeah, in that sense. And uh, what I found out even from my patients and from my clients is that if you push the, uh, the mTOR pathway, quite a bit, you know, um, then your, uh, your uh, uh, telomere age will actually be uh, older, right? Your end caps will actually decrease. And it's very simple to explain. Like, uh, for example, if you, uh, for, uh, if you use growth hormone, right? If you grow growth hormone, the, uh, the, uh, the rate of, uh, of uh, turn of uh, intestinal cells would be a lot higher than if you were not. Same uh, thing with yeah. higher levels of protein. Yes, bodybuilders yes, run yes. Into this, right? If you're trying to activate that pathway yeah, for you, muscle growth. Yeah, correct? if you activate a pathway for muscle growth, then you will have a lot more of cell division, right? You introduce micro tears in your in your muscle, and then it will have to rebuild new muscle cells. That actually pushes your telomere. It it gets shorter. That's why you get bumped up in in terms of age. So that's... Uh, it, does fasting counter that? Yes, it does. Okay. Yes, it does. Good. Uh, I'm sticking to at least once or twice a year with the fasting mimicking. I've having really good results with that. I've done a couple water fasts, but that was kind of like the, can I have my cake and eat it too? Can yes, I, you can. Can I lift weights? Can I have uh, higher protein intake? And then from periods of time, just have water. Yes, you, you know? can. Okay. Uh, um, because there are two master regulatory genes, right? The one is in uh, is uh, the regulatory gene for the mTOR, the pathway, and the one is the regulatory gene for the uh, AMPK, uh, AMP kinase pathway. And you know the one one is activated by leucine, 
and branch chain amino acids, and that's been proven, right? And the other one uh, is activated by alpha lipoic acid. So you could also mimic it in during the day, right? Right after you eat, you will be pushed into into uh, um, mTOR mode. <laughs> Take your alpha lipoic acid, and you know it will dampen down the the response, right? The anabolic response of food. Very so cool. yeah, so those are master regulatory genes, uh, which is actually covered in our um, health optimization and practice uh, course, right? Uh, in a module called evolutionary medicine. There's a module, clinical metabolomics, where you learn to read uh, and analyze and give some implementation according to the uh, metabolism metabolo results. But there are, uh, you know, six other modules. One of them is evolutionary medicine, where I describe uh, all of those uh, pathways. Because when we look at, like, for example, I used to be in, I used to troll bodybuilder forums a lot. You know the way I got into <laughs> the way I got into uh, actually treating bodybuilders was when I was asked, you know, uh, for, by a 24 year old uh, that he wanted who wanted to get married, right, and wanted to have kids and had no balls. So, and he said he has gone to doctors and no one would help him. And said, this is so embarrassing for the profession, right? Like. Um, we even condemn people who use all of these anabolic therapies. The, the, the compassionate thing to do is to study what's actually going on and take a look at what could be done, right? So, you know, award-winning bodybuilder, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, no, no. Um, I said, let's, let's try to do this properly. You know, let me study first. <laughs> That's how I really dove into all of this, you know, um, uh, structures of the anabolic steroids, uh, cycling, the, this and that. Post-psychotherapy. Yeah, post-psychotherapies and all that. And, and then, um, you know, in, within two years, he had, I said, now you have enough balls to get married. Uh, and then they had a child, actually. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I, I, because I took a compassionate stand, right? Uh, in, in that sense, why aren't we helping these people? You know, they're asking for help and what we're doing is just condemning them. Uh, for, for using the ball. He probably grew up watching the same movies I did too. You know, he's watching Arnold, he's watching he's, he's Hulk Hogan, watching, yeah. he's watching all these guys. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I'm not going to look like that from weights alone, you know? Yeah, but the thing that I noticed, and uh, this is after the master regulatory genes argument, is that many of, of them are looking at the downstream portions of the, of the uh, cascade, right? Rather than looking at the upstream. So you start with the master and take a look. Very few master regulatory genes have been identified, but when you know them, at least you know to go up rather than down here. Oh, I'll take this supplement and that supplement and that, that supplement without knowing, you know, that's a dude, that's a downstream metabolite of an upstream process. So go upstream, right? And you find out that life is actually simpler. Bodybuilding becomes simpler. Everything becomes simpler if you know where the, where the upstream uh, conditions are, what the upstream conditions are. So, um, and, and that's the kind of uh, thinking that I like to put into uh, these types of things. Like, for example, in telomeric testing, you know that this is, uh, you know, that you know that it's going to be by cohort. You're going to push one one pathway. You know that's going to increase cellular turnover. You you know that uh, 
you know then that um, uh, your your uh, cohort will be higher when measured in telomere age. Now, epigenetic age is different. Uh, the way I like to to explain it to my patients is that it's just like you build a plaque all over uh, over time, and to try to make you younger means to to scale you to remove those plaques, mm. right? The, one of the most common mechanisms, there are actually several mechanisms for epigenetics, is the methylation uh, of your, um, of your, uh, uh, it, you know, that the, the uh, DNA is actually has an encasement, right? And they're histones, and that's why they're coiled into chromatin, right? Uh, so if you stretch them, uh, it's about six meters long DNA, but they're coiled into these tiny things because they're coiled around uh, chromatin. So, uh, and then this actually determine which, that's why it's called epigen epigenetics. They, they exert control over your genes, right? Uh, and this is the argument, for example, that if you have a cancer gene, but you have the proper lifestyle, it may, the gene may not be activated. So you never know whether or not a gene will be activated or not. So for example, getting your breast lopped off uh, just because you have the breast cancer gene, it's not necessarily a good idea. It may be based on family history and so on. But for me, I uh, sort of like, you know, take a look at it and take a look at the measurements of your, um, uh, of your epigenome and take a look at your lifestyle, right? And because, um, you know, you never know whether or not your cancer gene will be activated or not, right? And what's interesting about the... Um, the epigenetic test is that they test for the um, methylation of what they call the CPG islands, right? Uh, the cytosine, phosphate, guanosine. And, and what's, what's interesting about that is that as you get older, you know, you get more and more plaque, more and more methylation. So in order to euthanize you, <laughs> why are you teach? <laughs> Euthanize. Actually, the proper term is to neotenize you, right? Neoteny is a process of ju juvenilization. And uh, so in order to neotenize you, uh, then you will have to descale or move those plaques. And uh, that's what this, uh, you know, things like quercetin, fisetin, and, uh, you know, the satinib and all of those there, they, they affect your epigenetic age. So when you're testing for epigenetic age, then they are, they're only using one, but it's a major pathway for the aging, right? And it's, uh, uh, the, uh, it's and and they, it's more a little bit more accurate. So what I do is uh, actually I sometimes do a, a um, illness medicine challenge. So okay, put put your patient on diabetes on metformin and all this other stuff. So let's measure the, the epigenetic age now, and then six months later I measure it, and the patient is ten years older, right? And then I put it on my protocol and so say here we follow the pathways, we measure the metabolites. Uh, you know, the the patient obviously lacks alpha lipoic acid, magnesium, etc. You fill this out. Of course, the patient's taking a lot more than just a single drug, right? But you see that after six months, the patient's actually gotten younger by 15 years. So you see how the 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 difference is in terms of using what the body naturally uses by itself in order to balance itself versus uh, drugs that have never been seen by the body in evolution, right? So it's just a matter of us being uh, patient and being able to identify uh, which particular tests, you know, uh, can be uh, useful to us 
in terms of not only, as I said, it's uh, I'm not after disease management. I'm after the op- optimization of health, right? And epigenetics have has been, uh, you know, the subject of the work of uh, Dr. Yamanaka is, uh, uh, in his uh, Nobel. His Nobel was based on the Yamanaka factors. Uh, these are the things that make you younger, the factors that make you younger, right? Um uh, for those in the know, the the uh, the abbreviations OSKM. I won't tell you what they are anymore. You can just look them up. Um, but it's been used by um, uh, David Sinclair out of Harvard, cool. right? Yeah. For for uh, uh, essentially, uh, he crushed the optic nerve uh, of uh, I think rats or mice. I, I I can't remember animal model. And then by just tweaking the Yamanaka factors, right? They uh, essentially uh, made the cells, the neurons younger, and they knew how to um, reintegrate back into the, the to the nerve. They re- grew back uh, with the proper orientation and the proper uh, electrical signal to the brain. So that's a significant uh, development for epigenetics, right, uh, in terms of that. So that's uh, sort of like one of the modules that we have in health optimization medicine practice by itself is epigenetics. You have you know, clinical metabolomics, of course, and then you have the gut immune system, you know, which is the, you know, people assume that uh, we all always know that the gut is, uh, uh, the gut has been the largest immune uh, organ. That's only in the past 10, 15 years, really, that we do that. When I was a medical student, it was a bone marrow, man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and when I was a medical student, also we we were uh, taught that the thyme was just involuted and, you know, was not producing anything. And they found out that we still produce about about over 400 thymosins, even if the thymus gland is involuted, right? So, um, uh, and then uh, we, we have the bioenergetics or mitochondria. Then we have uh, exposomics as a module also, which is your total exposure to everything. And that's this basically the toxins in your environment. But um, exposomics has always been a PhD type of uh, subject. Uh, and so we made it clinical in health optimization medicine practice and saying, because uh, in, in exposomics, their unit of selection is the gene, right? And everything around it is, is what is your exposure to. So, uh, uh, but in health optimization, the unit of selection is the cell and everything around it, you know, is your exposure to it. In illness medicine, it's the human and the organs, right? That is uh, the unit of selection. So what I say in general terms, if you're just not looking at health optimization, you're looking at it in general terms, then, um, you know, uh, fetal alcohol syndrome, a mother who's drinking, right? It's part of the of the uh, 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 baby's exposure is the alcohol during the time because that's its environment during the time, right? So that's the total sum of your exposures to until now. And that includes your exposures to x-rays, to, you know, uh, EMFs and, and so on and so forth. That's the exposome, right? Uh, um, so in terms of us, we're looking at the cell, not the human body. So what's the, what are the exposures, right, to the cell that affect uh, everything else, like for example, light, light can be toxic, you know, phototoxicity, right? Uh, so then we could we could uh, then see that. Uh, what I like to say is that you can, um, yeah, you know, use uh, the genetic test, man, but you can never see mercury toxicity in a genetic test, but you could see it in 
um, and metabolomic tests, right? So you could see uh, subtle toxicities, borderline deficiencies in those tests. The farther you move away from the gene, the more you'll see the effect of the environment on you, right? And that's why I say we have become too DNA-centric. You know, but in order to overcome that, we have to, to use the metabolome instead to see what we are exposed to, you know, with what we eat, with what we drink, with exercise uh, uh, and, and other factors in the environment like toxic relationships, um, not only with other people, but with work, with your house, with everything else, right? Um, and then um, uh, we also have the chronobi chronobiology module. You know, sleep is sleeplessness, rather, is an important issue. And that's because we've forgotten that we're yoked to the sun. You're a farmer, you know this. So you know, <laughs> no. you, yeah. <laughs> white belt, white <laughs> yeah. belt farmer. Yeah, you you uh, wake up with the sun. You know when the when this usually when the sun hits our skin, our cortisol levels go up, and so do our thyroid hormones, right? And then that wakes you up. Uh, during the day, right? So uh, that's that's uh, these are natural things, you know. And then at night, you you go to sleep, and you know you have your melatonin to signal your body to sleep. People think that this it makes you sleep. No, it doesn't. It just signals your body to sleep, right? So these are the kinds of things that you cover in chronobiology. You know your various chronotypes and so on. Uh, but uh, what's more important there is the overarching. Um, uh, theme of our of the whole modules that we are creatures of evolution, right? We evolved, and we cannot just change things like that. The world that we have created is not suited to our model for D uh, bodies, so we have a, a impedance mismatch in there. Um, so what do we do? We 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 fight back with technology, right? You can have, uh, you know, um, lights that uh, change uh, intensity and frequency throughout the day and so on. I mean, we're smart enough to do that. Um, but we're not well informed enough to, you know, to uh, disseminate information. So, you know, guys like you would, would be the, the platform to do so that, you know, there are many things that we could do to our lifestyle, etc., uh, to mimic the optimal function of the make and model of our bodies, which is distinctly paleo, right? Hunter-gatherer uh, types of society. Um, I like to say also that, you know, uh, the bodybuilding is actually, original bodybuilders were women, right? Because they would carry their kids, they would pick up the fruits. And carry would, water. Yeah, carry water yeah. and so on. And the original... Farmer's walks. Yeah. The original, the original, original mom exercise. Yeah. <laughs> and the original uh, aerobics were males because they would be running after their game. They, they take a look at the sun and orient themselves. And this also... Uh, I'm picturing a hunter-gatherer dressed like Richard Simmons right now chasing down an antelope. <laughs> and, and, and it actually translates to the way we give directions, right? For men, uh, when you ask them directions, go north you know, hang left and da, 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 da. But when you ask a female, oh, uh, there's a gas station there, turn right. So it's more uh, the local landmarks uh, with no names, right? Just the names of, of uh, what's inside the community. So when you're hearing someone give directions, this has been written about, you know, you know whether it's a female way of giving directions, a male way of giving directions, you know? So, uh, you know, you see the influence of being around the, the campsite most of the time and doing yeah, lifting, heavy lifting work, right? Or the influence of someone who's been running around chasing 
pray the whole time, you know, and doing aerobic work. And so their orientation to landscape is very different. Um, and then um, uh, uh, it's chronobiology, and then there's, of course, evolutionary medicine, which I uh, alluded to earlier. Uh, what, it, what it is, is uh, really, um, you know, when you get an ankle sprain, you know, you you will put weight off your foot by sitting down, right? You will have a, a, a swelling, right? The swelling, and then you will, you you basically don't want to see people. You're irrit- irritable, right? Uh, that social isolation. But what we do in illness medicine is, you know, okay, let's uh, immobilize it a bit more. Let's put it in a cast. You know, let's give you an uh, an analgesic so, you know, you don't have any pain and put you in a crutch and keep you mobile. So how much do we interfere with the natural process of healing, right? That's a question, fundamental question uh, that's asked by uh, evolutionary medicine. Will How much do we interfere, right? The body already has its own wisdom to, to heal itself. So how much are we going to interfere with that? And, you know, there's no hard and fast answer to that. So they ask, uh, evolutionary medicine asks the question, uh, why do we get sick, right? And um, because the assumption in illness medicine is that uh, all the signs and symptoms are signs and symptoms of disease. But in evolutionary medicine, all the signs and symptoms are actually the efforts of the body to get back into dynamic homeostasis, right? Back into balance. So it's a different point of view together. And I made the evolutionary medicine clinical by uh, including the works of like uh, Robert Navio in the cell danger response, right? He basically essayed in 2013 that the cell danger response evolutionarily, there are only eight ways really only eight basic ways by which the body responds to stress, right? The, no other deviations from that. It's just these eight major points. And if you realize what he's, he's uh, saying, uh, you see that if you know what those basic eight things are, then you should be able to see, to, to move from there and, uh, and uh, develop protocols by which you are able to help your patient or your client. So as long as the stress is there, the body will activate the cell danger response. You remove the stress and then the body begins to heal itself, right? So um, uh, what's interesting there is that he says all of these responses are driven by metabolites. And all the metabolites, as he's he's suggesting there that uh, you measure, I was already measuring since 2009. So it's like, Okay, here's someone who's seeing what I'm seeing, right? And you could see there are differences in summer and winter metabolism. And I said, uh, actually, no, it's not just summer and winter metabolism. Your summer and winter metabolism can occur within a day, right? So when you're hungry, you are in a winter metabolism, right? After you eat, you're in a summer metabolism. So it is just a fractal of things, right? You could, within a day, then um, have some particular lifestyle uh, modifications that will be useful for you, as you were saying earlier, right? Um, For me, uh, in traveling a lot, you know, uh, I've I've been asked often, how do I maintain uh, all of this uh, kind? Because I have to walk the talk, right? 
I can't be fat. I can't be too thin. Uh, I have to be able to lift my shirt up and show some stuff in there. <laughs> you know, um, I have to, to keep my veins. Yeah, you got some guns, bro. Yeah, I'm looking at um, And um, I said it's really very simple. Um, uh, I, I maintain as much as possible. I maintain uh, a feeding window of eight hours wherever I am. Right. Um, you know, sleep, you, you could be have, have jet lag. You know, you can't always be um, uh, assured of your food intake. So make sure that you have uh, ample vitamin, mineral, cofactor supplementation, even if you feel you don't need it. Right. Because you can never be sure of what your diet is going to be. And besides, for example, when you are. Uh, we have a 12-hour time difference, right? I come from the East Coast and then head out to to Manila. It's a 12-hour time difference uh, or 13. So by the time that I'm uh, I'm eating breakfast there, here, my uh, intestines are closed for business, right? So uh, you see there that you have to be kind to the cycles of your body, right? The cycles of your body, the last thing to change in jet lag is your gut, Right? Uh, if you're pooping, if you're used to pooping in the morning and you're still pooping at night where you are, then you're not yet adjusted, right? So you listen to the cycles. I mean, you listen to the context of the health where health is happening, right? Uh, rather than uh, looking at uh, the, you know, rather than you know a lot, you read a lot, you see, you grasp this concept and that, but you never listen to your body. You're fucked, man. Because uh, ultimately, it's you and your body that knows what it is. Like, you know your body better than, than anyone else, right? Um, some people are just have egoic concepts of their body. You know, they think they're allergic to this and that. But when you test, there's really no allergy. I said, eh, you just don't like to eat, you know, uh, foods that are not caviar. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's the... Uh, uh, you you asked me how I've come from Washington D.C. and moved out and trained in Europe and then come back and now I'm doing all all of these things and and uh, my the major things that I'm doing now are essentially you know uh, my reciprocity model of a nonprofit to teach uh, doctors and and uh, non-physician healthcare practitioners how to op optimize health properly and then. Um, prescriptions which sponsors that and developing products that are for immediate use, right? For immediate relief. So, yes. <laughs> we touched on so much there. Yeah. So much from the, the, the root causes to many usable, many usables in there. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the summary is that we're after, you know, other people after the root causes of disease, I, I'm after the root cause of health. And it's only one, Right. It's a balance between anabolic and catabolic processes according to your life cycle, right? So that's the root cause of health. So if you could do that, then you're all good. <laughs> I love it. I guess that, that in some ways is summed up way more eloquently me lifting weights and eating high protein too than fasting. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> no, that's the nitty gritty. Yeah. That's where rubber meets the road. Ultimately, that's what you have to do. But on a 33,000 feet, that's exactly what's uh, what's happening. Hell yeah. Well, you guys have a conference coming up here um, uh, Friday. 
Yeah. What, what is the conference about? What are you guys going to be speaking about? I don't imagine this is going to be turned around in time for people to go to it, but I would like to get some <laughs> eyes on, on places where no, we, you guys are speaking at. We actually cool. uh, have a booth in there with our products. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah. And since this is like a modern nirvana, right? I said, well, trocom is like meditation in a trokey. <laughs> If you can't meditate, the shove a trokey in there and chill out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a good way to get good. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're we're gonna be doing there. Is this very cool. uh, having a booth? Yeah, very cool. Yeah, um, where can people take classes from you? Like that you mentioned, and and is this open to everybody? Or is yes, it open it's, to, okay. it's open to everybody, uh, physicians and non-physician healthcare practitioners. What we're particularly careful about is that if you're not if you're a non-physician healthcare practitioner, we have to make sure that you know how to handle clients, right? Uh, and there's always a physician that if, if there are uh, uh, pre-existing uh, conditions and uh, comorbidities and the like, you know, there are physicians uh, that will help you say, well, okay, this is the extent by which you can help. Because we always, uh, if you're a physician, I always co-manage with other physicians, right? Your cardiologists, endocrinologists, etc. But if you're a coach and and so on, it would be a great um, addition to your arsenal to have a proof that you're actually improving the health of your of your clients. So they can go to homehope.org. That's H-O-M-E-H-O-P-E.org, uh, and it's an online uh, it's an online course. Um, the course that uh, is a prerequisite is clinical metabolomics, where you could be teach you how to order tests, uh, interpret the, uh, the the results, you know, the, know the background behind the results, and write out your supplementations. So um, we're basically fully integrated from the testing to uh, you know to to the prescription. Very and if cool. it's just uh, it's just supplements you're prescribing, then then that's fine. You know, a health optimization practice will do it for you if you're not a physician. And we do have uh, health optimization practitioners worldwide, like Australia, Netherlands, Germany, you know, uh, UK. So uh, I, I I wanted this because uh, I have a soft spot for non-physician practitioners because there are more of you, more people. There are more more of those. And yeah, more of you yeah. uh, who are actually more passionate about their health rather than physicians who are just passionate about disease or not even. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd like to encourage people to actually go and, uh, you know, especially uh, health uh, physician practitioners to just come, come in. And then you get certified then on clinical metabolomics. And then there's a separate certification for, uh, for the entire uh, course. We also have continuing medical education credits if you need those, right? Super cool. Yes. Uh, and uh, recently we released uh, uh, cannabinoids for health optimization as an advanced uh, module. There's also peptides for health optimization as an advanced module. And coming up will be psychedelics for health optimization and hormone health optimization. Those two will be done. Those two modules will be done by me. That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Super yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, you might have a new student on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, Where sure. can people find you online, Dr. Dead? Um, Prescriptions.com. Um, you know, um, I can be reached there or at uh, uh, homehope.org. I can be reached there as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for returning to the podcast. And it's great to have you here face to face. Yes. Thank you so much for actually this time. Actually, we're talking. Yeah. Beautiful, <laughs> brother. Thank you.